this is our plan of attack. Banks have become an essential threat to our democracy. So consider this justice. Thank you for listening to Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com, the number one listener-supported radio station on the internet. Please help support this station so this battle can continue forward. Revolution Radio! Do you or someone you know suffer from poor circulation, shortness of breath, or chest pains? Are you looking for a more natural solution to help overcome these problems? People tell us that after just a few months taking Extendivite, their doctors have noticed unexplainable improvements in their overall health. For more information, visit heartdrop.com or call 1 877 928 8822. And tell them Nighthawk sent you, because if you call this number and tell them Nighthawk sent you, you'll get $5 off your first order at ExtendedBite.com. Thank you. The opinions expressed on this radio station, its programs, and its website by the hosts, guests, and call-in listeners or chatters are solely the opinions of the original source who expressed them. They do not necessarily represent the opinions of Revolution Radio and FreedomSlips.com, its staff, or affiliates. You're listening to Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com, 100% listener-supported radio, and now we return you to your host. Welcome to Sacred Matrix, a divine paradigm of love and universal consciousness, with your host, Janet Kira Lesson and Dr. Sasha Lesson. Together, we transform the world. And now, here are your hosts, Janet Kira and Dr. Sasha Lesson. Is it on? You are live. Okay. My apologies. Um, Aloha and welcome to the Sacred Basics from Revolution Radio at revolution.radio. And I'm your host, Janet Kara Lesson. And I'm here with my co-host, Dr. Sasha Alex Lesson. And today our special guest is Ron Johnson. Uh, We're trying to get Sasha on the other phone, and I'm not sure what's going on. Uh, were you able to get him, a mad painter? No, Hello? I'm trying I'm trying again. I, it takes me a second. I have several windows open trying to get him. All righty. <laughs> I understand. I, it says you're kind of on with him, but I, I'm trying to get it to hang up. I'm here. Okay, Ron. Uh, while we're trying to get Sasha, while we're getting Sasha on, uh, could you please... Tell everybody about yourself, um, who you are, and some of the uh, things about your life as a contactee experiencer, and then we'll work on getting Dr. Lesson on here as well, 
but I will be listening. And um, as soon as I start getting feedback, oh, here we go. Here we go. Okay, join the call. Let's see. Try talking, Sasha. Is that working? Hey, Ron, can you hear me, bro? No, uh, it's not. No, okay. Uh, Let me reboot his phone. Okay, go ahead, Ron. You start talking. Uh, I can't seem to get this to go off of Skype, so I will reboot his phone. And then uh, I'm mad you can just call Sasha, okay? Okay, here we go. Go ahead, Ron. Tell us who you are. Okay. I can't pull up your bio or anything. <laughs> okay. The power's out here in Hawaii. We oh. had off and on power all day. Well, and, it's snowing um, there. It's snowing there, yeah. So <laughs> the world is having frightening weather all over the planet. <laughs> okay, here's your phone. He'll call in just a minute there. Um, okay, I'm going to go back to the other room so we don't get feedback. Go ahead, Ron. Take it away. Okay. Uh, my name is Ron Johnson. I live in uh, East Carbon, Utah, which is uh, southeastern Utah, and uh, <clears throat> I've been a, an abductee, a contactee, pretty much my entire life. It all started for me at the age of uh, 14 in Southern California at my uh, uncle's horse ranch outside of Riverside, and from there... I went to Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Well, first to Utah, then to Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Worked in Grand Teton. Had an experience up by. Well, let's go back to the, the 14, when you were 14 years old. What happened? Okay. Uh, my uncle, like I said, my uncle had a horse ranch outside of uh, Riverside. And. He had broke a water line and asked me if I could come out and help help him replace it. And this was in the August of uh, 1967. It was during uh, summer vacation. And I asked my parents if it was okay. And my uncle came and they said it was okay. My uncle had come in and picked me up and took me out to the ranch. And out there in August in Riverside, it gets pretty warm, pretty hot. Gets into the triple digits in the early afternoon. And on this one particular day, we had quit working at about 2.30, went in the house, relaxed, was cooling off, had the air conditioning running, and uh, ate dinner. And we stayed up watching TV. And then finally around 8, 8.30, I decided that, you know, I had enough of the day and I was going to go to bed. So I was sleeping in the guest bedroom. And <clears throat> about, oh, I don't know. It was right about midnight. Something woke me up out of a deep sleep. And I, when I woke up, I was, uh, oh, <sighs> I've told this. Okay. Story. Oh, yeah, I'm all right. I just, <clears throat> anyways, I woke up, it looked at the clock. It was 12 midnight and I was laying there and I had this 
darn feeling that there was somebody in the room with me. And it was starting to get scared, and I started to shake. I was in my peripheral vision. I could see kind of a green glow in my peripheral vision. And so I finally got up enough nerve, and I kind of tilted my head back. And there was this being standing there. He was approximately, I'm, I'm going to guess he was between seven and a half and eight foot tall because the house had eight foot tall ceilings in it. And this being was standing there. He was, didn't say anything. He just stared at me and he was enveloped in this green glow. He was real tall, very, very skinny almost anorexic looking, kind of looked a lot more like a uh, skin wrap skeleton. Right. Uh, he, have you ever uh, read the book, uh, Blue Blood, True Blood from. Uh, oh, yes. Yes, I did. Hey, there's Stuart a. Stuart Swerdlow. Stuart Swerdlow. There's a picture yes. of a Syrian A in there. And he looked very, very much like that. He had the uh, large bald cranium. He had a very sharp pointed chin, a uh, very small mouth, two holes where a nose would be, uh, no ears, uh, just a couple of holes in the side where the ears would be located. And he had these large round black eyes. Uh, <clears throat> Like I said, he was uh, very anorexic looking. He had these pointed shoulders and had a very long torso and very long arms that hung almost down to his knees, where his knees would be. Three long bony fingers with appendages on them and a thumb. And all the time I was watching, looking at him, he never communicated, never moved. Um, and then I just, I, I turned back around, I closed my eyes, and I started praying to God that he'd go away, asking God, begging God, go away, make him go away. I didn't want to see this. I didn't want to deal with it. And so I finally opened my eyes back up and then looked back around behind me, but, uh, and he was gone. And what's weird oh. is there was a, uh, when, I, when I first noticed him, there was a clicking noise going on. It'd be a click, click, and mm -hmm. then it'd be about a minute pause, and then another click, click. And this went on for almost two hours. And sometimes it would be in the bedroom. Sometimes you could hear it in the living room. Other times, it sounded like it was coming from the kitchen area. Sometimes it sounded like it was coming up in the attic. But it was never in the same place twice. And so I finally, I laid there and laid there for probably 20 minutes. And I finally got up enough guts to get up out of bed, grab my blanket, and I went in the living room and then finished sleeping on the couch. Now, what do you think the clicking noise was? Did you ever have? I, 
I have no idea. But have you ever heard the uh, uh, the the castanets that uh, the Mexican dancers uh, will click? Uh-huh. Sounded like yeah. that. Interesting. And uh, so, anyways, that was the start of it. And about a week after that, I, I decided that I had enough of this, and I called my parents and they came out and picked me up and I went back home and I never did go back out to the ranch after that. (laughs) And yeah, I understand that this this time of my life, I wasn't, uh, I didn't really know anything about UFOs or anything. I wasn't into it or anything like, you know, like I've been researching it now, Mm -hmm. but, uh, like I say, about a week later, I started having these weird dreams, and at least I think they were a dream, but, uh, and it would always start out, I'd go to bed, and then all of a sudden, I would find myself in this, it's like a laboratory setting, and right in the middle of this laboratory setting, there's a, uh, a big, kind of a big oh, stainless steel table, and it had cabinets around it. And off over in the corner of this building, this big tall entity that I seen at the ranch would be standing there, and he'd be looking at me. And this time, he would talk to me telepathically. And there was another being laying on the uh, table. And uh, I hope this isn't going to get too racy for for the audience. Oh, I think it'll be okay. Okay. But this entity would talk to me in my mind and tell me to get up on the table, up on top of the being laying on the table. And have intercourse with it. Uh-huh. I believe this, Sasha has joined us now. Oh, hi, Sasha. Okay. Uh, just pause with the pause with the intercourse. <laughs> so Ron and Sasha meet, meet each other. Go ahead. Touch your mic, Sasha. Yeah. <laughs> Sasha wants to know who we have having intercourse with. Okay, go ahead. Back that up a little bit so he can catch the story. So you're in this uh, dream, you think, and in the lab, and and go, go from there. Go yeah. ahead, Rod. Okay, I'm I'm in the lab. And off over in the corners, the tall being from the horse ranch, and he's telling me in my mind, to, using telepathy, telling me to get up on the table, have intercourse with this being that's laying on the table, and it's it's really weird. It's like I what does it look like? Con- well, it's like I don't have any control, and it's oh, like yeah. it's controlling me. But uh, this being is when I was laying on top of it. I'm gonna guess that its height was probably I'm six foot four, so I'm gonna guess the height of this being was about maybe six foot three, six foot two, somewhere in that that area. Mm-hmm. And 
it was it was totally naked. Uh, had a bald, kind of a somewhat lumpy cranium, as if it had like three ridges on top of its head. It had mm -hmm. the large black eyes, like the all being had, except for the chin was more, more. It was more human, more like our chin, but maybe a little bit smaller, had a small mouth, a very petite nose, no ears, uh, totally bald, no hair. Um, and it was very, very anorexic looking, almost looked like a uh, skin wrap skeleton also. But when I was laying on top of it, the weird thing about it is that it didn't feel real. It felt like a uh, like a mannequin. It just didn't didn't feel right. And it never moved, never talked, never never did anything other than just lay there. And I get up there, and then as soon as I would. Uh, I don't know if I should say this or not, but as soon as I would penetrate it. Ejaculate. Oh, yeah. penetrate it. Okay, yeah. penetrate it, yeah. I, I just don't know if I should say that on the radio or not. I think we're okay. We're just uh, Kansas City F-bomb. Okay. <laughs> and so as soon as I would enter into it immediately, I, I would ejaculate. And this started happening to me. And like I say, it felt like a dream. It didn't really feel real. But yet, I could feel uh, the warmth from laying on top of this thing. And it was just really, really bizarre. But then I would get up. Can you hear me? Yeah, can hear you. Oh, okay. I'm getting all kinds of warning signs here. <laughs> so, anyways, well, keep I, going I, on. <laughs> I got, when I got done, I get climb down off the top of it, get back down off the table, and the big tall being standing in the corner would tell me, "That's it. Till next time." And then everything would like turn a kind of a fuzzy white. And then I, you know, wake up laying in bed. And what's weird is I'd have to get up and go clean myself off in the bathroom. Oh. And every time this would happen, I would have a green colored substance all around in my groin areas and on the side of my legs. I have no idea what that green stuff was. Now, I, I want to relate something similar, you know, from the feminine perspective, but I had the same thing. I was to spread my legs and allow this strange being to penetrate me, and all I remember was the penis. It was just, I was uh, terrified. Mm -hmm. and there, oh, no, I don't want this, I don't want this, I don't want this. And then... Um, it was the same thing. 
uh, immediately on penetration, there's the orgasm. Oh, now I don't have a clear memory of whether I was in my bed or if it was still on board, you know, wherever that was, but there was a brown substance. Oh, not a, not a green substance, a brown substance. Hmm. So similar, but from the opposite sex perspective. Interesting. This green substance, uh, you ever stick your finger in K-roll syrup? Uh, that's, that's, yeah, that's what it's like. <laughs> that's what it felt like when I would clean my, you know, when I would clean uh -huh. myself off. But uh, the the penetration, it was almost as soon as I would uh, stick my penis in it, it was just, I mean, immediately, it was just, bam, and it was over with that quick. And I tell you, at the age of 14, in 1967, I, I you know, it totally, uh, I didn't know what to think. I was totally scared. It, it just, I, I couldn't deal with it. I tried talking to my friends about it, and that was a big mistake. And so I just bottled what did it. They, what that. did they say? Did they make fun of you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they made fun, teased me. And... Uh, it, oh, it was just, it was a living hell after that. So that's why I kind of kept quiet about, about it all these years. And uh, it's only been, oh, since about 2000. Well, it's only been, you know, since about the last, oh, 10 years or so that I've actually, you know, opened up and started talking about it. Yeah, and, and that's very common, and it makes you wonder how many people are out there that have had these experiences and, and are too uh, afraid to speak up because it's just terrifying to get the ridicule like you did. Yeah, but uh, anyways, this this would go on, and quite often it, it, would, it would happen about maybe four or five times a year. And when I turned about, when I got to be about 35, it ended, it quit. Never, oh. never happened again after that. But I've had plenty of other things happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so they uh, used you in for breeding from 14 till 35. Mm -hmm. Five. Oh, and then that, that phase ended. Okay. Now, did you, let's go on, let's go back and cover some stuff and, and tell me if I'm, if I, if it's not true, say no, I'm not trying to lead the witness, but I've studied this phenomenon. Did they ever show you any children? No, but I've had dreams of, uh, Air Force personnel. Children, okay. Let's go children. over that. So. You have, tell me about the Air Force and the children. Okay. Well, this one dream I had, I was standing out on this, out in the middle of the desert somewhere, yeah, on this two dirt road intersection. <clears throat> I'm standing there. I'm waiting and waiting and waiting. 
<clears throat> and some man drives up in a Jeep and he tells me to stay there. That uh, there's some Air Force personnel going to come by and they want to show me something. And he drives off and then a little while later, a, a Chevy van with an Air Force insignia on it drives up and there's these kids. There must be 20 kids in the back of this van. And it's a van that has windows in it. And these kids are, they don't look quite right. They've got large eyes. They've got real petite noses. And <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> and uh, they're just climbing all over one another to look at me out the window. And pretty soon the... Uh, Air Force person that was driving the van, she rolls, it was a female, she rolls the window down and tells me that uh, I've seen enough, time time to go, and then she drives off, and I'm hollering at her to stop, but she kept on going, and then I woke up after that. Now, when you, that woke, was when a you woke up... That was a dream. Let me ask you something. So were there any kind of uh, like somatic signals? Like, did you, did you feel different in any way? Did you experience anything physically, even though that was a dream? I felt uh, a real strong feeling of love and of family. And that was about it. And and did you? Uh, who who did you feel the feeling of uh, family with, of love the, towards? The kids. All the, the kids. kids. How many back, kids were yeah. there? What's that? How many kids were there? There was. I'm guessing about twenty in the back of the van, and they about were all little. Kids. Yeah, it was just That's full of kids. Guess. And they were, they, they looked like about maybe like uh, anywhere from maybe two to three years old. Oh, wow. You know, about okay. the size of a two or three year old human. Mm-hmm. And were, they, did, they, um, did they look like a combination of you and the ET that you copulated with? I don't know. Uh, I never really thought about that. What did uh, they look like? Oh, God, they they were real white, very, very white-skinned, almost pale-looking. Uh-huh. Uh, they had real short hair, and they had the, their heads weren't really shaped like ours. They were, oh, not, not real pear-shaped, but, you know, a slight hair shape to them. Uh-huh. And, uh, but real, real, um, real, they were actually beautiful looking, I thought. Mm-hmm. Did they seem to have uh, sexes? Were they male and female, or? They were both. Did they have male, gender? Male, male and female. I, I'm assuming they were both, but they were, wearing, they were wearing clothes, so... Oh, what were they I wearing? Tell, just 
uh, the the males, if I assume that's what they were, they were just wearing, uh, you know, pants and and a, like a shirt, and uh -huh. uh, the others were wearing like a, a little dress. Interesting. Okay, so they did put pants and shirts and dresses on them too. Yeah. To distinguish them. Okay. Yeah, they weren't naked. They weren't naked. Sasha, you have any questions or feedback on that? What we said so far. I've been talking and talking. You hear me at all? No, we can hardly hear you. Um, can you speak into the mic uh, closer? Is it any better? I'm just, okay, can you hear me now? Barely. But we can hear you. Go ahead, speak up. Well, the thing is, uh, Ron, it's really useful to. No, you sound like you're uh, down a well. Um, He's breaking up. You're breaking up. Okay, we're going to get you a better connection here. Um, uh, Thomas, can you call 808-244-4103? And we'll switch out the phones. Oh, uh, you're going to have to repeat that again slowly. So 808 244 4103. Okay, go ahead and keep uh, talking while we get the phone oh, switched okay. out. Sorry, everybody, for our technical <laughs> difficulties today. We're not, we have no power here. We're, we're improvising. Okay. Uh, like Just I said, answers. okay. Like go I ahead. said, it was, uh, it, this, this was a dream, and I've got it. Uh, documented in my uh, dream journal. Mm -hmm. Good, good, good. <clears throat> so anything else related to um, your active period where you were being used in the breeding program? Any other memories of uh, copulating? Mm, no, but I've had some uh, weird Lately, I've had some strange things happen to me when I go shopping. There mm -hmm. was, uh, I went uh, to Walmart to get some food. And I was going down this aisle, and coming up the other way, there was a, uh, a family from Peru. And they had a little kid in their shopping cart. And this is the strangest thing. And this kid didn't, he didn't look right. He had a strange head, <laughs> you know, kind of like in the, the kids in the van. And oh, wow. And as soon as I got, went, started to go by the uh, shopping cart, he just started going berserk and calling me, Abby, Abby. Abby and just trying to grab me and I stopped and he just kept calling me Abby and Abby and just and it was weird and I was talking to the the lady there from Peru that the mother of the child and she was telling me that he has never done that to anybody ever wow and what's weird is this entity that I uh, am seeing here recently, he told me his name was Elby. Mm 
<laughs> and uh, I, I just, I don't know, I just thought that was a weird coincidence. And then I, I had another one do that in another store that came up to me and started crawling up, trying to climb up me. And uh, it was just weird. I, uh, I don't know if it had anything to do with anything, but it, I just thought it was uh, strange. Let's see if uh, Sasha can hear us. Yeah, can you hear can you me? Hear us? Oh, much better. <laughs> yeah, so, so it would be really useful. Uh, if you were to remote view from the uh, uh, from the from the heart chakra of, of one of the children in the van, uh, to really let yourself identify with that consciousness, if he's looking at you, looking at you, and you're looking at him, you're in a relationship, you're in a coherent field, and if you're that child, that hybrid, uh, what communication do you have? Uh, what what are you sending? What do you want Ron to know? Uh, I don't know. There wasn't any communication going on with any of do them. It, do it now. If what at what in essence by your being, by what you convey, by your energy field, what do you want Ron to know? If you are that child in the van. Or the children in the market. Well, I, 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 I feel like that I'm. I've, uh, I feel like I've procre procreated them, the ones in yeah. the van. I don't know about yeah. the one in the shopping cart. Yeah, and so what do you want to say to this child that you co-created? What if? Well, if you were just talking from your heart, what do you want that child to know? Well, I want that child, to, I want those, the child to know that if I am their father, that um, I want them to know that I, you know, even though I was forced to do it, I, I you know, I, I love them. That's, that's it. That's what they want to hear. Yeah. I, I think that's what, I think that's exactly what they want to hear these hybrid children if you if you could picture them in your mind's eye so to speak uh, and then really getting that you love them uh, uh, how, how do they receive that i think they're receiving it yes 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 i think it's what they want to hear actually yeah mm -hmm. but i but like i say i don't know uh it, this this was this was a dream, um, so I, it, it's just so confusing to me. <laughs> it's really uh, it's one can really relax and remember that the, the, the three rules is as above, as below, and as within. It's all resonating the same thing, so it's all real. It's all real mm. in every way. Well, so yeah, maybe that maybe you can still communicate with them because it's we're yes. all connected. They're still connected. You know, I, I would really love to. 
I would love to meet them in real, you know, in, in real life. Well, I'm, put that out there and you, you may. Go ahead, Tosh. What did you want to say? Allow yourself to really understand that what happens in the dream is also real. It's really real. It's telling you things you need to know about yourself, about the, your inner child, about the hybrids, about the experiences that you had when you were asleep. Those experiences are your experiences. They're not something phony. They're your experiences. They're telling you stuff you need to know. I believe they are. I really do. Mm. And you know what I what I got from you so far is that the 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 transmission is such a loving, uplifting feeling that it's it's it seems to uplift them and you. That's what I'm picking up. Yeah, I feel like you know with all the years that they've been doing this to me. I feel like there's an awful lot out there, a lot of them out there that I probably procreated. Yeah. There probably but, are because they're not limited. It's not limited at all. They, you know. But I just wondered if you had remembered any other incidents, but it doesn't matter. They can grab. Um, you know, your DNA, your, your sperm, and make many, 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 many children with them. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, but Sue, what Susie Hansen says is that it's time for the, that the hybrids are coming uh, uh, forth. Uh, you know, and Ron, for in all probability, you're a hybrid too, and your soul has made a, a, a choice to come down and help with this program. And the program is to make people that are conscious of other human, of other beings and care about them has group feelings, but still has individuality too. And you're part of that uh, wave of ambassadors and so are your children. That's what I would guess if Susie's correct. Right. <laughs> well, let's go back to Ron and your story. What else would you like to tell us about your early years? Okay. In... 1971, I graduated from high school, and my dad, he worked for North American Rockwell. Uh, he actually worked on the uh, Apollo 13 space capsule and worked for even worked for NASA. But anyways, he retired, and we moved to Utah. And... Everything was uh, going okay for me, except for I was still having these dreams where, the, you know, they would make me have sex with this being on this table. I was still having those. And in 1973, I got a job in Grand Teton National Park and I went up there moved out of uh, the house in Utah, out of my mom and dad's house, went to uh, the Grand Tetons. This was in Coulter Bay Village. And 
about every other weekend, I would make a trip back to Price, Utah to visit my parents. And on this one trip, it was in late August, I left the house, went back to, uh, to go back to work, back to the Grand Tetons. And I drove up through, uh, went to Evanston, Wyoming. And I, it was just before midnight when I got there and I pulled into a gas station, fueled up my truck. And then I went in and got a, uh, a burrito and a Coke and I ate it. And when I left, it was a little bit after midnight when I left Evingston. And when I left, I took Wyoming State Highway 89 from there to Randolph, Utah. And right as Wyoming 89 crosses the Utah border, it changes to Utah State Highway 17. And just as soon as I crossed the border back into Utah, I was cresting this hill. And all of a sudden, there was a big, massive flash of white light. It was so bright, I couldn't even, I could just barely see the steering wheel of the truck. And everything went dead silent. You could you couldn't hear anything, and, all, and then all of a sudden the light was gone, and then I found myself I was parked in the bar ditch. My truck was off, and I was sitting in the driver's seat. And in I, the what? The what ditch? The bar ditch? The bar ditch on the side of the road where the oh wow uh huh where the water collects and stuff. So it don't run out on the highway. Uh-huh. And so I'm sitting there and I'm just kind of looking around wondering what the heck just happened. And so <coughs> I got out, kind of looked around. <coughs> Everything seemed okay. So I got back in the truck <coughs> and uh <coughs> pulled up out of the, started it up, pulled out of the bar ditch and took off back for, uh, Grant, you know, where I worked in the Tetons. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is what's weird. <clears throat> From where that happened, it's only 170 miles approximately from where that happened to where I had to go to Coulter Bay Village. And when I got into when I was getting close to uh, oh oh god what's the name of that now, Jackson Hole Wyoming the sun was coming and I was thinking gosh darn to uh, I left Evingston at just a little after midnight and the sun's coming up now and I only had like 170 miles to go from where this incident happened and so when i got to work i was 45 minutes late i had to be to work at eight o'clock 
and it was it it was almost eight fifty when I finally yeah. you know finally got there and then I just raced right to work. Didn't even change clothes or nothing. And so I, I'm figuring there there had to have been about five hours of missing time there. Cause there's no way it's gonna take you eight eight seven and a half to eight hours to drive 170 miles right you know when i was driving i was averaging 65 70 mile an hour all the way what did you so anyways when i when i got there i went to work the boss was mad at me and that and what's weird is that night i had a darn deer come to my dorm room door. Oh, wow. We, we lived uh, we lived in a, a dorm, a dormitory. And it had a hallway inside, you know, for the doors to each dorm room. And this is inside of a building that has doors on each end of the hallway. And it was about 3 3 a.m. in the morning and I heard a noise at the door and I went up and opened the door and there's a deer standing there and we just stood there staring at each other <laughs> and uh, pretty soon after a while this darn doe starts walking away and she walks all the way down the the uh, inside this dorm down the hallway with her head looking back at me, walks all the way down there, gets to the door, the door's closed, and the door opens, and she goes out. I don't know how the heck that door opened. But uh, I've had other experiences with deer, too. I, well, I that's actually, often... I, I believe it's a screen memory. memory. <laughs> yeah, and, that's a screen memory. A, a deer, like a, like the owls. Yeah, I had an encounter in Helper, Utah, uh, <coughs> where I something I went to bed and something woke me up. It dropped me. Something dropped me on my coffee table, and I busted the legs off of it, broke the glass on it, the wood on it, and everything. And uh, there was a deer in my back porch on that one but anyway that that'll come later i'll discuss that one later you know but uh after this experience i started having a recurring nightmare and this nightmare lasted for about three years and it would always start out i'm standing this is out in the country somewhere it's not in a city, but I'm standing there and I'm looking at this. There's a round building and it's floating in the air about maybe 30 feet or so off the ground because I can see the shrubs and stuff underneath it. And there's nothing supporting this building. And like I said, at that time, I didn't know anything about UFOs or anything like that. 
And now I realize and I know that it was a uh, some kind of a spacecraft. But anyways, I'm standing there looking at this round building and it's got these great big windows and it goes all the way around and it's got a not a dome but it's kind of like a dome on top and it has a lower section on it and there's a ramp coming down out of a what looks like a set of double doors that are open and I start walking up this ramp and I as soon as I enter inside this it's oh, it's shaped kind of like a like a donut if you walked around the inside of this it would when you finished walking around you you'd be back where you started and as I'm in there there's people lying on the along the wall the inner wall and the outer wall and there's these people are there's male there's females there's people of every nationality there's kids there's babies uh anybody you could think of and i'm walking around looking at these people and my anxiety is building more and more and it's building almost to the point where i can't stand it and so i walk about halfway around this donut shaped structure and there's to the inside is a single door and it's got an arched top to it and so i slowly walk over to it and i'm looking down there's a stairway going down and it's a real narrow hallway and it's real dark down there so i start walking down there real slow and the anxiety is building up even higher even higher i want to get out of here i don't want to go down here but yet i still go down there and i get down to the bottom of the stairs and i'm going down this hallway and it's about 30 foot long and there's doors on both sides of the hallway and these doors are only about maybe they come up to about the bridge of my nose and so i'm walking down and the very when i get to the end of the hallway the last door on the left is about half open and i stop and i don't want to look in there i don't want to go past that door I, it just i'm scared as hell and all of a sudden i take off running past it and as soon as i get past it the hallway makes a turn to the right and i go down that hallway and it's about 30 foot long and then i come to the end of that hallway turn to the right again run down to the end of that hallway and it dead ends and there's a door on the left at the end of that hallway and so i open the door and i look inside and it's a square room about 
oh, maybe 20 foot by 20 foot. And in the middle of the room is a, uh, an armless chair sitting on a pedestal. And if you were sitting in the chair, you'd be looking at the wall opposite of where the door was. And there's what looks like a chalkboard there. And I get the feeling, I get a feeling that it's, it's a school. I don't know why, but I'm thinking of a schoolroom for some reason. And so I get real scared and I'm telling myself, I want to get the hell out of here. I want out of here. So I take off running out of there and I run down the hallway, come to the end of it, turn left run down to the end of the hallway, and then I come to a screeching halt because I know when I go around that corner, that open door is going to be there, and I don't want to go by it. And so i sitting there worried about it, and the anxiety is just about, I'm about ready to die from anxiety. And so I get up enough nerve, and I take off running past the door, and I kind of glance in there, and I can see somebody in there laying on a what looks like a gurney in the middle of the room and i just i don't want to stop i just keep right on running running and i get to the stairs i run up the stairs and then i run all the way the rest of the way around that donut shaped room back to where i entered in at and then the anxiety is starting to subside at that time and then i walk down the stairs, well, the, the rampway, and when I get to the bottom, the anxiety is gone, and then when I step off the ramp, I wake up, and I'm usually, you know, I'm, I'm dripping wet and sweat, and just, anyways, I had this dream for almost three years, over and over and over again, exactly like it. Exactly the same. So what do you make of it? I don't know offhand, but the last time I had the dream, everything was exactly the same, except when I ran back and I stopped before I passed the room with the open door. For some reason, I felt that it was okay to look inside there. So I went around the corner and I stopped and I peeked in through the open door and there was somebody laying on the, the, uh, this gurney looking table that was in the middle of this room. And he sets himself up off on this table and he calls me by my name and he says, Ron, it's about time you stopped in to see me. And I walked over to him and this, he, he wasn't human. <laughs> he looked just like the being on the table that I was forced to have sex with.
Christian Radio at freedomslips.com. We'll be right back after this message. Some more speed records in this day and age. You need coverage. Coverage? Oh, you mean them little root weevils that crawl around popping off cameras in your face? Those root weevils write history. Many of you know that quote by Jack Nicholson and a few good men. You can't handle the truth. Well, you can, and Event Horizons will give you those truths. So when you're mad as hell and not going to take it anymore from that memorable scene in Network, you'll know just what to do. We will draw you in and become your news addiction at Event Horizons. Join us Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to noon Eastern Time at freedomslips.com. Revolution Radio. Our world team members are Dennis Fetcho, John Ilias, David Dunger, Hila Cass, MD, Melanie Richton, Jim Mars, Paula Harris, John Trallo, Maria Payan, Christopher Husser, DODDS, Jonathan Orchard, and me, your anchor, Dr. Robin Falco. If uh, you decide not to volunteer, it will not be held against you in any way. Sounds dangerous. It is. Very dangerous. Count me in. That's right here at Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com, where information never sleeps. Is your data safe? Do you have the necessary information to assist you in confidently living through just about any survival situation? Is survival and gardening, off-grid living, medical knowledge, or even natural or man-made EMPs on your list of personal concerns? Do you have your documents and your personal information in a safe place in your hands where you know where it is? Well, check out our preloaded EMP-proof thumb drive. Over 3 gigs of survival documents and how-tos, plus the USDA offline food preservation website, and much, much more, including a surprise bonus we just can't tell you about here. With plenty of room left over to store your most important documents. Imagine if a mega virus or a computer failure took out your bank, or all the banks for that matter. Are your banking records safe in your hands so when they get things fixed and repaired, you can say, hey, look, this is what I had. You have it. I want it back. Is your personal data safe? Family records? Addresses? phone numbers we'll squeeze on over to freedomslips.com yes that's www.freedomslips.com click the banner on the homepage for the emp proof bullet drive to get the full scoop of everything that we offer so folks keep your data safe for your peace of mind revolution radio freedomslips.com you don't need to expect us we're already here news. A visiting Syrian diplomat reported today that their population is evolving rapidly and advancing into a fifth dimensional consciousness. They are seeking peace with all cosmic cultures, which may mean that the Earth will be asked to join the prestigious Galactic Federation of Light Alliances. Please join Debbie West and Michael Hathaway on Lost Knowledge, Saturdays, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time in Studio A, 
for the latest breaking news on the Star Visitor's peaceful contact and the ongoing project of cleansing the Earth. This is the people's war. It is our war. We are the fighters. Fight it then. Fight it with all that is in us. And may God defend the right. Warning! Warning! We gotta stop us! They're gonna kill us all! See how the trouble you've started? Be they the government, be they industry, be they organized labor, be they anyone, or human beings! When the operation of the machine becomes so odious, makes you so sick at heart, that you can't take part, you can't even passively take part, and you've got to put your bodies upon the gears and upon the wheels, upon the levers, by all the apparatus, and you've got to make it stop, and you've got to win the day to the people who run it, to the people who own it, that unless you're free, the machine will be prevented from working at all. Revolution Radio of FreedomSlips.com, the number one listener-supported talk radio station, throwing ourselves upon the gears of the machine. Revolution Radio, where information never sleeps. You called down the thunder, well now you've got it. Right. You tell them I'm coming, and hell's coming with me, you hear? Hell's coming with me! Revolution Radio! Do you or someone you know suffer from poor circulation, shortness of breath, or chest pains? Are you looking for a more natural solution to help overcome these problems? People tell us that after just a few months taking Extendivite, their doctors have noticed unexplainable improvements in their overall health. For more information, visit heartdrop.com or call 1-877-928-8822. Extend your life with Extendivite. And tell them Nighthawk sent you, because if you call this number and tell them Nighthawk sent you, you'll get $5 off your first order at ExtendedBite.com. Thank you. The opinions expressed on this radio station, its programs, and its website by the hosts, guests, and call-in listeners or chatters are solely the opinions of the original source who expressed them. They do not necessarily represent the opinions of Revolution Radio and FreedomSlips.com, its staff, or affiliates. You're listening to Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com, 100% listener-supported radio, and now we return you to your host. (laughs) 
Aloha and welcome back to Sacred Matrix on Revolution Radio at uh, revolution.radio. And I'm your host, Janet Lesson, with my co-host, Dr. Sasha Alex Lesson. Our producer is Thomas Becker. And our guest today is, what is our guest? Ah, Ron Johnson. I wouldn't say Steve because you said Steve. Ron Johnson. And we're in the middle of an interesting tale, but we'll get back to that in just a few minutes after we do this little commercial break where we ask you to please go over to that donation button on revolution.radio and make your donation. I know we were behind the last time we were on the radio, and we need to catch up and get ahead because we need your donations to keep all these wonderful shows on air. Thomas Becker, Mad Painter, where are we in our fundraising Goal. Uh, we we need twenty four fifty total for the month, and so far we've gotten uh, one thousand two hundred and ten. But we need like a hundred ninety yet by the next two days to pay the backbone bill, which comes due on the twelfth. Uh, All right. So, so everybody, please don't get to it. Please, please, please. Okay. Before we get back, let's check and see if uh, Doctor Sasha is back with us. Are you there, sweetheart? And I'm pretty sorry. Like turkey feedback. I don't know where that's coming from. But go ahead, sweetheart. Go ahead. Well, just this is we're in the middle of of a story. Rod's telling us what his experience is. Let's go back to the story. Okay. We're going back to the story. That's you, Rod. And someone just slammed my door. Who was that? (laughs) Go ahead, Rod. Okay. I I didn't realize we were going to be cut off like that. So I, I believe I, okay. I was back at the uh, corner, getting ready to go around the corner. Oh, yeah. And the guy I, said, I'm, I'm glad you finally did. You finally uh, poked your head in. Congratulations. Yeah. And I, I decided to stop and look inside the room. And there was a, uh, a, a being lay, laying on the uh, table. And when I walked into the room, he raised up off the table and he called me by my name and and said, Ron, it's about time you decided to stop in and see me. And and I walked up to the side of the table and we got, I mean, face to face. Uh, Our noses was almost touching one another. Wow. And it was like he was, uh, it felt like he was downloading information into my brain is what it felt like. Mm -hmm. And this went on for quite a while. And then finally. Where was that feeling? Was that in your head or? In my head. Through my eyes. My eyes. It was like uh, eye to eye contact. And it seemed like, uh, apparently, I guess that's the quickest route to the brain. <laughs> mm-hmm. So anyways, when that was over with, he backed off and then he was talking to me telepathically and he says that, uh, I want you to know, I says, I don't want what's happening to you. I don't want you to worry about it. Nothing's going to happen to you and you need not let it worry you. And he says, I'll be seeing you again soon. And so I turned around and I walked out totally calm, 
totally calm. The, no anxiety like before. I walked down the hallway, up the stairs, and I walked on around that donut-shaped room back to where I entered in from, just walked real slow, and I looked at the people laying on the floor, laying all around on both sides of the aisle, and I knew deep down inside they were going to be okay. No harm was going to come to them. And I walked down off the ramp. As soon as I stepped off the ramp, I woke up. Never had that dream since. Wow. So you were finished. Sasha, any comments or feedback on that series of dreams? No, no, it's like uh, these, I'm almost sure that you understand the deeper meaning of these dreams and what they mean to you and how they resonate. Uh, through your 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 life, your childhood, your past lives, and your relations with the extraterrestrials that uh, you have a uh, contact with and are having contact with, and it's just as real as anything else. Hmm. Yeah, I, I I'm sure there's symbolism there, but I I just you know don't know how to interpret it. <laughs> Well, uh, Sash, you have any uh, ideas on helping him interpret? Really critical that nobody else interpret you. That you find what the, your own symbols mean to you, and that, that's really. And so that what you know, if you were to be that being who looked into your eyes, and you were to identify with that being, and you were to state your existence as that being, looking at Ron from the eyes of that being and experiencing, from, you know, uh, what are you like? What is your existence like? And what you'll do if you do that, you'll tap into that fracture within you. I'll do that. And it feels like I'm uh, whatever, whoever they are, it feels like I'm a part of them. I'm a part of a... Uh, Oh, I don't know how to say that. A, a plan? Yes. 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 Thank you. Do yes. they feel like they're a hive species? Like you're all of one mind? Well, Some people report that, but, you know, I'm not one lead witness. But what, when you're part of a plan, does that include some kind of uh, connection to those beings, like on a hive type level or oneness type level? Uh, yeah. Uh, later on, they, they show me uh, high-tech stuff. They show me a device that allows them to uh, transverse the dimensions. Uh, they say that's how they, the only way they can uh, travel the vast distances of the cosmos is by dimension hopping. They, they show me that. They show me their... Uh, craft they they tell me how it operates but the only trouble is i can't remember it <laughs> and uh, they even let me uh fly their craft they even let me uh fly it telepathically but uh that that'll come that'll come in due time we got a lot more <laughs> happens bef- between now and then so 
Mm. Okay, so we have about uh, 45 minutes, and we probably won't get to everything. Oh, no. But let's, let's go to some of the uh, highlights of your life with extraterrestrials. <coughs> and um, we'll kind of fast forward. We can always go back. We're not limited to going linear time. We can go back and forth. But Okay. Okay. And, uh, let me see here. Uh, bah, 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 bah. Okay. You know, you're, you're, the best one to choose is whatever has the most relevance to, to our, your existence right now. Okay. In, uh, in 2007, I was involved in a uh, industrial accident and uh, had to have back surgery. And my, I had uh, spinal cord damage down on the lower uh, bottom two vertebrae. And even today, my uh, left leg is, is numb, and I have problems walking on my uh, left foot because of this. But anyways, they had taken me to Salt Lake for uh, to have back surgery. And right after the surgery, I couldn't, I was having a heck of a time. I couldn't dress myself. I had to have help putting my pants on. I had to have help putting my shoes on. And this lasted for over two years. Wow. And so finally, I started thinking, you know, these entities that I've been having contact with, I wonder if they could, you know, help me. So I started meditating and I was asking them to please fix my back so I can, you know, dress myself, I can move, so it'll quit hurting. And uh, this went on and on and on, like I said, for about six months. And then all of a sudden, I just give up on it. I just said, you know, they're not going to help me. And it was like the next day after I thought that, that, that night before I, uh, oh boy, I woke up that next morning and it was, it was like a miracle. I could get out of bed. I could bend over. I could put my pants on. Didn't have any trouble. And to this day, I, you know, it still bothers me a little bit, but nothing like before. And for me, it was a miracle. And uh, so right after this, I, it was in about 2008, I started having encounters with these beings. Uh, I I don't know who they were. They were dark, kind of a dark brownish color. They had uh, three ridges on the tops of their head. They had the large black eyes. They looked exact. They looked a lot like the ones on the in that reoccurring nightmare I was having. The one that was on the uh, gurney that got face to face with me. They look like him, except these are darker brown. And I really believe 
the one that I seen in the recurring dream that was back in the early seventies. And I think, I don't know why, but I think it was these entities, but at a younger age. And so anyways, right after, after this, I was starting to feel pretty good with my back. And then when I would go to bed, I would see that I started seeing this uh, beam of white light. It would come through the uh, ceiling and down to the floor, and it would slowly move across the living room. And at first, I started seeing this, but nothing was, was really happening. I was just seeing the light, and I think they were just trying to get me used to it, used to seeing it. And then after about the third or fourth time, I started seeing a what looked like a shadow person following it. And then after that, uh, let's see, it was on 10-12-2008. Uh, I, I had gone to bed, and again, I had seen the uh, vertical beam of light that was coming through the ceiling to the floor and immediately everything turned fuzzy white and it was like I just zonked out and went to sleep right at that you know instant and then I came to I'm face to face with this dark brown entity and we're almost touching nose to nose and again just like the one in that recurring nightmare, it was like he was downloading information, something into my mind, through my eyes. And then I, uh, everything, well, this lasted for probably three or four minutes. Mm -hmm. And then. And then everything turns uh, kind of a fuzzy white. It's like I pass out again. And then when I come to, I'm sitting in a chair watching this, what looks like a chalkboard. And there's symbols appearing on this, a row of symbols, a row of six symbols. And they change about every three seconds to a different symbol. And I'm watching this and, watching it and wondering what the heck and then i realized this is that same exact room that i was in in that recurring nightmare that had the uh armless chair in it yeah mm -hmm. yeah same yeah, I, exact I guess, room i guess the whole keep, keep the question keeps coming up from if you're in this guy in this person's position what do you want what do you want from ron what do you need? Yeah, I wish they would. I wish they would tell me. <laughs> if you were to imagine what, right now, what? Let me let me say something, Sasha. Then back to you. If you were to imagine right now, what they downloaded to you, is there I, anything you can remember what they were telling you? I think it was a uh, I think it was a, a history of their of their people, and I think it was a their language, and uh, 
what and whatever else. But I think those two, the the language and the history of them, I think I, I really believe is part of it. What but, about the symbols? Do you remember anything, what any of them looked like? Oh, yeah. Yeah, some of them look like, uh, some of them look like, uh, okay, you know the pie symbol for pie? Yeah. Okay, kind of like that, but the bottom's curled up. And then there was one that looked like a fork. And then there's one that looks like a, uh, a cup with a stem on it. And then there's, some of them actually look like music notes. But there was one that stuck out like a sore thumb, and I, I remember it vividly. And it looked like a big capital italicized P. Oh. I have no idea what it means, but that, that P would come up every now and then in these symbols. And have no idea what it is. No idea. Yeah. So anyway, Did you ever? Yeah, go ahead. Continue oh, no. story. I was just going to say, uh, I was what they were forcing me to watch these uh, symbols because this brown entity would be standing off over in the corner, and he would be telling me telepathically, "You have to learn this. You you need you need to know this." And. So then after a while, he says, I'll see you again soon. And then everything turns a fuzzy white. And then I wake up in bed at the house. And these darn encounters started happening quite often. And then on uh, 10, 13, the very next night, same thing happened again. I see it went to bed and the vertical beam of light appears and I, everything turns a fuzzy white. And then I, I come to, and I'm face to face again with this same entity. And except for this time, there's a really bad feeling of G force. It's like a roller coaster ride from hell. And this, the G-force is just almost unbearable. And this entity is looking at me right face to face and is downloading again into me. I don't know why. And then everything, after a few minutes, everything turns a fuzzy white again. And then I wake up again on that chair in that same room watching symbols and when I'm in that chair, I'm paralyzed. I cannot move. All I can move is my eyes. And the entity is again standing over in the corner telling me, you've got to watch these symbols. You need to learn them. And everything after, I don't know, two or three minutes or so, watching the symbol. And it's a row of uh, six symbols one row and they change about every three seconds and I watch them and everything turns a fuzzy white again and I pass out and wake up in bed 
And then again on, uh, okay, the next one. Oh, okay. All right, I got so darn many encounters, I got to write them all down. Right. <laughs> well, does this pattern never break? Do you ever it, it, think that you know these symbols? Do you know them now? Yeah, it lasted about the end of 2009. And uh, then after 2009, everything uh, becomes, well, the, the physical contact with them actually stopped. And everything becomes more spiritual or probably a more appropriate word would be uh, conscious. Mm -hmm. And uh, I still have contact with them today, but it's on a conscious level. It's okay, like... Okay, describe that. What does that look like? It's like all I have to do is uh, when I go to bed, I, I think about them and meditate about them. And then they, they come to me in dreams or sometimes uh, they'll, they'll show up in the house. <laughs> I've, had, I've had them show up in the house <laughs> a couple times. Uh, so do you live alone or do you live with anybody? I live alone. Okay. Yeah. So when they come to your house, what do they look like? Are they the same beings? Well, or? No, these are different beings that show up. Uh, one night I was uh, <clears throat> watching TV and I was laying on the floor watching a DVD. And I got up to go check. I had the clothes dryer going in my on my service so I went back and checked on it and turned the dryer off, come back, stop on the other side of the kitchen, turn around, look back into the service porch, and there was a uh, black shadow person there standing there watching me. And I just, the hackles rose on the back of my neck, and I'm standing there watching this. And then it turns and like walks back into the part of the room that I can't see. So I very cautiously walk back there, turn the kitchen light on, and poke my head around the corner, but there's nobody there. And so I come back and I turn the kitchen light out and I stop and I look back through the kitchen into the service porch. And I'm thinking I, to myself, and then I say, if there's anybody in this house besides me, show yourself right now. And almost immediately, this three flashes of blue light come out of the service porch through the kitchen and right into my head. Three of three Ooh. flashes. And so I said, oh, my God, here we go again. And uh, so I, after a while, I'm sitting there staring at it, but I'm not seeing anything. And I then I got to thinking, I was wondering if something electrical was going on. So I went and checked all the light bulbs and everything, and everything was working fine. So I went 
just kind of shrugged my shoulders and went back into the living room, sat back down on the floor, started watching TV. So after a while, I got up and turned the TV off and I said, I'm going to go to bed. So I'm sitting there and all of a sudden, the hackles raised. You ever get that feeling that you know somebody's in your house? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I got that feeling real bad. And the hackles was raising. And it was real, you know, got pretty spooked about it. And so I turned around. I was still laying on the floor and I kind of propped myself up, turned around. I got a hallway in my house. And right where the hallway starts, there's a bathroom right there. And this black mass comes out of the black, out of the bathroom and out into the middle of the living room. And then it disappears. And I'm thinking to myself, here we go again. And then I look over towards the bathroom again. And there's this little entity. He's about two foot tall. He looks like. He looks like a miniature gray. He's got the pointed head and the almond-shaped eyes. And mm-hmm. I see this little tiny three fingers and a hand on the uh, where the hallway wall starts. And then I seen this little head poke its head around the corner, looked at me, and then it darted back in behind the wall. And I said, ah, oh, crap, here we go again. So I get up, go into, go into the hallway, walk real slow down there, go into my bedroom, turn the light on, and I can't see anybody. There's nobody in there. And the feelings mm-hmm. go. The feel, uh, so I figured that they're just checking up on me. <laughs> yeah. And another time, I... I was in the uh, kitchen doing my dishes and I had a, uh, a DV- DVD plan of uh, oh, uh, classical music. I had it on kind of mm-hmm. low and it ended. So I figured I better go in and, you know, turn it over and turn it back on again. Cause I, I like to have noise in the house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Walked out of the kitchen, turned, and there's a, uh, looks like about a, see, I have eight foot tall ceilings in this house too. And there's a reptilian standing in my living room and his head is right up against the ceiling. And I just stopped and started staring at it. And man, I tell you the feeling of love was so overwhelming about knocked me out <clears throat> and it was there for about maybe 10 11 seconds or so and then it just kind of slowly faded out and went away and what's weird is this reptilian it looked like a, a giant salamander oh and, wow and it wore a like a cloak with a high collar and I had a uh, medallion, a gold colored medallion 
around its neck. <coughs> and it had a big red <coughs> gem or whatever, like a ruby or something in the middle of it. <coughs> did, did, um, did he, I will say, he convey anything to you? Did you get any kind of message telepathically nothing. besides love? Didn't didn't say nothing to me. It just stared at me, had yellow eyes, and long elongated black pupils. And it never said anything. It never moved. It just stood there looking at me. And but and the only thing it was uh, conveying to me was a feeling of love. Mm -hmm. It was like pure pure love the it was just so overwhelming and it was gone after you know it was there for about eight seconds or so and then it just kind of faded out that was but that was that was the message pure love yeah mm -hmm. like almost like it's a kinesthetic thing that you felt in every cell of your body or something the way you said it yeah it was. It was. You could feel it from the head down to your toes. <laughs> wow. And so, anyways, uh, oh, when was that? That was in. Oh, let me look here. So I started having these. Uh, started seeing UFOs a lot about this time, and one in particular. It's a great big giant translucent white looking orb well it's like, uh, like a round ball it looks like it's glowing from within and I started seeing this thing I'd take trips and this thing would follow me would pace me and uh, one night would, at the did house, anybody else see them? Uh, yeah yeah my neighbor was with me seen uh -huh. it twice with me uh, in, at the house when I lived before I bought this house in East Carbon I lived in Price which is about 22 miles from here and uh, one night I was uh, in the house watching TV and I got this premonition to go out on the back porch now so I got up and I went out on the back, opened the door, and there's this big translucent white sphere very slowly moving across the sky. And it gets right directly over head, right over my house. And then two little ones come shooting out of it. And then the thing took off towards the mountain and disappeared up over the mountains. And... Uh, God, I've been seeing this thing. I bet I've seen this thing 12 times in a two-year period. And uh, so anyways, in uh, the last, oh, which one do you want to hear now? The flying well, let's, ship? Let's, or <laughs> let, let me pause. And, uh, do you have any questions or comments, Sasha, at this point? But this, the, the, no, this is just this is great. It's so uh, 
uh, the powerful uh, thing that, you know, I was left with that last one because I could feel it in your voice was um, how strong the uh, communication is that uh, uh, loving uh, communication from the uh, hybrids and extraterrestrials that have chosen to communicate uh, with you. And it's just like really cool. I just really like the message that we're getting from you. And did the, the orbs communicate anything to you? Did you have any kind of emotions when you saw them? It was uh, the only thing I felt when I see them is that they are keeping an eye on me. I, I feel like they're protecting me because I've had okay. some weird things happen. I've had people um, uh, attack me and uh, I, I kept warning this one guy, don't, uh, don't bother me. You know, I, I don't know if this has anything to do with this or not, but I, I feel it does. And, uh, he was just tormenting the hell out of me. Then he started tormenting my mom and dad, my sister. And I told him, I says, you better watch what you're doing. Because I says, you're going to regret it. And the next day, he was killed in a car wreck. Wow. I've had that happen three times with people that were bothering me. So I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't like it. I don't want that to happen. If that's what it is. Well, I've had similar things like people that are really mean to me or, yeah, they're just, you know, some, some way yeah. they do something. Cursor. Um, it goes back and they, they get uh, cancer or yeah. they die weirdly, but I hear about it. I mean, I, I don't have to see them ever again. And then I hear, and it's usually pretty, you know, the mean people, die in pretty hideous ways, right? And it's like, is that just their karma? Or, But I get the same thing, like, we're protecting you. We're protecting you. So you must be a val valuable person to them. Yeah. And they do protect you from potential harm. Yeah. Okay, well, so let's let's go. How, how many more? We've got, um, uh, let's see, about 10, between 10 and 15 minutes. How many um, more incidents do... Critical incidents do we need oh, to cover here? Geez, there's probably another half a dozen incidences here. <laughs> okay. We probably but, won't get to them all, but go to, go to the next relevant one and then continue. Do as much as you can. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, let's see. We've got 15 minutes. About, yeah. 29. Right now. Which incident has the most bearing on your life now, right? Oh, right. Okay, this one right here. In, um, okay, I had gone to bed. I was having, this is back when I was having uh, trouble with my back. And uh -huh. uh, so I, I, this one night I went to bed and I seen the uh, white beam of light again. And of course, everything turned fuzzy white. It was like I went to sleep or passed out right at that time. And then I find myself face to face with the uh, dark brown entity again. And he's downloading 
again, there's G-force. I can feel G. It's like I'm moving real fast, accelerating. And then I pass out, and, but this time I come to and I'm laying face down on a uh, what looks like a, a stainless steel table. Hmm. And what's weird is I'm, I'm laying there, my head is turned to the side. And this time, it's, this is a big, like a big lab. There's all kinds of equipment in there. Uh, there's people, there's humans in there interacting with these entities, these dark brown entities. Except the, this time, these entities are wearing a, uh, uh, it's like a helmet, kind of like a, uh, oh, how do I describe that? Kind of like a fabric helmet and a, like a uh, gown, but their arms are exposed. And I, I can tell by the energy that it's the same entity that I've been having contact with, you know, in the other experiences that I've had. And so this man, this human, wearing a, a white lab coat comes over and he starts talking to me and he says, Ron, don't, don't be afraid. They're not going to hurt you. They want to look at your back and they want to look at your head. And he said, they're not going to hurt you. And he says, it's for your own good. And so he walks away and then this entity comes over and he tells, starts talking to me telepathically. He says, don't worry, Ron. He says, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm here to help you. He says, I'm going to get up on your back. And I says, I don't want you to be afraid. And he gets up onto the, onto my back and he grabs my forehead and yanks my head back. And it feels like he's going to rip my head off my shoulders. And he takes his three long bony looking fingers they have appendages on the ends of them and he sticks them in my mouth and he pushes up against my upper palate and then he pulls the fingers out and then runs them up my head and across the top of my head. He does this three times and he tells me this is for your own good. We have to do this. And then he puts my head down and then he does something I don't know what he's doing to my back. And it's like he's inside my spinal, where my spinal cord is. And it hurts like a son of a gun. Hurts like hell. And I'm begging him to stop. And he keeps telling me, he says, I'm not going to hurt you. And then finally, after a while, he stops. And then they actually before he got up onto my back he brings down this device that's up against the ceiling and it looks like I don't, I don't know like kind of like a, a 
a waistband that has three or four long arms on it. He brings it down and he hooks my, he hooks it around my waist and then he hooks my arms to it and my legs to it. And this thing is controlling me. And so he gets done. Anyways, he gets done doing whatever he's doing to my back. And then he gets down off me. And then I'm looking off to the right and my left ear here. I have an implant in it. It's like a little metal ball behind my earlobe. And uh, I was going to have, uh, I had decided to have uh, Dr. Roger Lear uh, take it out. Mm -hmm. Do you know Patty Greer? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We both, she yeah. she introduced she introduced me. Well, she interviewed me, and then she introduced me and another person at the IUFOC conference to uh, Dr. Roger Lear, and he wanted to take this implant out of my ear, and yeah. so I finally decided to let him do it, and so this entity he gets down off my back. And he grabs my ear and just, it's like he's going to rip it off my head. And it hurts like a son of a gun. And he puts his finger on the little bump where the ball is. And he starts rubbing it. And he says, this is your implant. Do not, for any reason whatsoever, do not have it removed. And boy, I mean, it scared the hell out of me. And I decided right then and there I wasn't going to, and I called, after I woke up, I called uh, uh, Dr. Lear up and told him that uh, I, I can't have that taken out. And he says, let, let me guess, you had an experience and he told you not to. He says that happens to a lot of people. But anyways, um, that's that one in a nutshell but when i after that encounter when i woke up back at the house immediately i got up my back didn't hurt i could move my legs good i could get up i could put dress myself i could put my shoes on and to this day i've never had a problem Wow, that's wonderful. Oh, come by and fix me. Yeah. <laughs> I get a lot of people. I've been thinking of getting into healing. I'm wondering if that's what they want me to do. But it's just to get yeah, that's it. Just start. Just start with, start with animals and people in simple ways. Just see what you can do. Uh, I worked with a guy named Brewjoy, and we really learned that some people especially could put energy through their hands and uh, meditate and, he and send healing energy to other people. It's really worth exploring. Yeah, I, I want to do that. See, I've been working with, see, I had, uh, I worked in the uh, coal mines years ago, and I was working outside the mine at 30 below zero one time, and I frostbit my toes. I've been wow. having, I've been having a lot of trouble with them. They turn black and then they the color comes back and they they hurt like the dickens. 
and I've been meditating to the entities to fix them, and it's working. It's actually working. Yeah, that's beautiful. Mm. Wow. Now, so, those... So, um, you left your implants in. Is that the only implant you have, or do you have others? That's the only one I know of. That's the only one that's visible. I don't know if I have any that's not visible. That's like you know inside my body. But. Okay. And okay, I, continue. I, I, got, I asked him what it was for, but he wouldn't tell me. He wouldn't even answer me. Right. It's probably your tracking device, but we're not sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Sure, it's that, well, but. Uh, it, uh, nevertheless, it, it, it is like you know, it uses as a metaphor parts of ourselves that are important. We may not understand them yet, but uh, it's not the time to uh, for them to be uh, uh, fully recognized for what they have to contribute yet. <laughs> yeah, I I've been asking them to uh, uh, for uh, psychic abilities. And I, I, I've had uh, telekinesis activity in the last three or four years, things moving by themselves. I've had doors slam so hard that it ripped the screws out of the hinges. Uh, I've had all kinds of things. I've had couches move and all kinds of stuff. But uh, I'm not. What do you think that's think about? Is that I ETs think it has, or? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's like they're they're teaching me how to do it. Because mm -hmm. I'll have dreams of this entity telling me that uh, you can do it. All you have to do is concentrate, and uh, it'll it'll start happening. But you know, I've been trying it and trying it for years and. I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> I would love to, but I. I think this uh, implant has something to do with that too. Telepathy, mm -hmm. uh, talking mind to mind. Because lately, right. I've been. Uh, uh, I've actually uh, been able to talk mind to mind with uh, certain animals, uh, deer, for an instance. I've had, uh, I've talked to uh, deer and I've had them come up to me. And what do they say when they come up well, to you? Well, no, they, they don't say anything. They, it's, it's, they respond to my asking them. Oh, like okay. I was out one time, I was taking pictures and I seen a herd of deer up on the side of the mountain. And I, so I started talking to them. I says, can you please come down. I just want to take your picture. I'm not going to hurt you. And this one deer come hopping down off the mountain, came down between these two houses and kind of hopped across the street, hopped across this field. And this darn deer came right up to me and stopped within like about 12 feet of me. And I said, I just want to take your picture. And so I took three pictures of him, and then I says, thank you, and God bless you. 
And then the deer walked around me and then bounded off. (laughs) (laughs) And I I had another one, a little two-point buck. I went out hiking one day. I hiked up on top of this ridge. And this darn two-point buck followed me clear to the top of the mountain. And uh, I stopped by this rock leaning against it and that darn deer came right up and stood right next to me it was so close I could have put my arms around it stayed right there well that's interesting because you've had the deer uh, <coughs> come along and, and yeah. you thought that might be a screen memory but somehow that made you uh, have some kind of telepathic relationship with deer in general yeah that's interesting uh, yeah, I've done it with dogs and cats too. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that that would be so neat to be able to communicate with with an animal. I just think that would be so neat. <laughs> so we have three minutes left. Uh, you want to tell us one more? Oh, that'll take us uh, the end of the show. Yeah, I, I uh, this translucent uh, sphere I've been telling you about. This UFO Mm -hmm. flying around. Okay, there's another one inside my house. It's about maybe six inches in diameter. It looks just like the the sphere I've seen, you know, following me outside and stuff. Mm -hmm. This darn thing will, uh, I'll see it, it'll like come through the wall and go over to the corner and then go up to the corner to the ceiling. And then cut across. It always stays in the corners for some reason. But it's in my house. Uh, I see it a lot. Quite a bit. Uh, I And I I don't know exactly what it is. I, I think it, it's just them keeping an eye on me. They keep an eye thing. on you. Yeah. Well, I we're had, almost uh, out of time. You have a book coming and and uh, give a I website do. or anything? Go ahead. I, I do. I got. A, I'm right in the middle of uh, doing a book now with uh, Todd Wilcox, a, a good friend of mine, and um, hopefully we'll have it out within a year. I hope. <laughs> uh huh. And do you have a website? Oh, Are you building my, a website? My website is uh, www R. Ron Johnson UFO dot blogspot dot com. It, if this one don't work out too good, I'm going. I'm still in the process of working on it, so bear with me. But all my uh, encounters are listed numerically, and they're in order on this uh, website. So excellent. Yeah, it's like the one I the. The one encounter I was telling you about where they healed my back, uh, there was a lot more to that. I didn't. Well, we're out of time. So thank you so much for coming, Ron. We'll have to have you back another time. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Love and blessings and aloha, everybody.
Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com. We'll be right back after this message. Thank you for listening to Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com. Any commercial advertising you may hear in this program is of the sole discretion and benefit of the host of whose program you are listening to. Revolution Radio does not endorse any commercial products, nor does it accept monetary compensation for on-air advertising of commercial products, nor will it ever. We are and shall remain 100% listener-supported. Any product advertising on this program are considered used at higher risk, and Revolution Radio shall not be held liable for any claims or damages received from any product advertised within this program. Revolution Radio, where information never sleeps. for tuning in to Revolution Radio. Here at Revolution Radio, we are listener-sponsored and commercial-free. But there still are bills to pay. In order to raise some needed funds to cover the cost, our station is offering a silver special. In the continental United States for a $60 donation, or in Alaska, Hawaii, or Canada for a $70 donation, we will send you an uncirculated 2018 one-ounce pure silver eagle. The $70 donation, uh, the extra 10 is to cover shipping, by the way, outside of the continental United States. When making the donation, you must put Silver Eagle promo in the notes on the donation. And thank you for tuning in to Revolution Radio at revolution.radio and freedomslips.com. Without you, there is no less. Revolution Radio, where information never sleeps. Take a look around, kid. What do you see? Homes being foreclosed. People working two, three jobs just to put food on the table and still drowning in debt. Don't get me wrong. This country is founded on great ideals and principles. They've all been ruined by the banks. Open your eyes to the banks that are robbing you. You know who my favorite president was? Who? Thomas Jefferson. Because he saw all of this coming and tried to stop it. He fought the banks. JFK too, and they killed him for it. The banking institution is more dangerous than an army, he said. He also said that every generation needs a revolution, Jimmy. The American dream is just that. Just a dream. War is a continuation of politics. Only by other means. Politics is a continuation of economics by other means. This is our bank. 